Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. This is John Massengill and Les Kaiser's in the studio with me. Oh, How are you, yeah. Les? Doing good, doing good. It's a great intercooler weather, isn't it? Oh, you stole my thunder, man. It's turbocharged, supercharger weather. It's <laughs> like a built-in, what, about 50 horsepower on your average V8 these days? Hey, you know, it's been nice. It's been just right. Hey, I want to run down what we got on the show. We got a good show considering how much of the off-season, but there's, there's a surprising amount going on. We're going to talk a lot. The big story for me, for Austin, is IndyCar tickets are on sale. We've been waiting for IndyCar to come to Austin at Coda for, <laughs> since Coda was built, since before it was built. And tickets went on sale this week, and we're going to talk a lot about that because there's some differences. There's some unique things that are going on at the IndyCar event that we have not ever had at Coda. So you want to stay tuned for that. And we are going to talk a little MotoGP. They finished up the season in Valencia, and we are going to talk Macau, the Macau Grand Prix this weekend. And if you're not familiar with that, it's one of those off-season Really uh, huge events, really, because some huge names over the years have come through Macau, and there was a ginormous crash, freaky, crazy-looking crash that I I don't know. I'm never, not sure I've ever seen anything quite that that fast occur, so we'll talk yeah, that, about that. that was very definitely different. And we also have a triple crown, triple cross, excuse me. Triple cross. Triple cross winner, Brianne Korn, in the Rallycross series. She's going to call in tonight and talk to us. And we also went out to the 24-hour series we had at Coda, another motorsport event at Coda. Man, filling the calendar out there is so exciting to me. But I got to interview one of the guys out there and talk about what the series was all about, where all they travel around the world. And we're going to talk a little F1 stories as well. And we're going to have our friend Sean Walker with Haggerty on to talk a little... uh, Autonomous cars. You know, so. don't you just wish you had his knowledge in your back pocket? Uh, I don't have to because we, well, we, got, we, Sean, we got Sean on the show, yeah. so we don't have to worry Sometimes about that. Sometimes he's busy, though. All right, guys, I'm going to jump right in. And uh, oh, but by the way, Jonathan Green is uh, was at Macau all weekend. He was the commentator. He's been the commentator at Macau for I don't know how many years now. But he was there, and we were, we were going to have him call in tonight, but we can't get a stable connection. And I think he went back to sleep. I don't know what time it is. It's sometime on Monday over there. But he did an interview with the winner, uh, Daniel Tictum, and he's got a really interesting story, Daniel does. It's kind of a, uh, a checkered past, but a really a, uh, successful recent history. So we've got an interview with Daniel that Jonathan did, and we're going to talk about that in the Macau Grand Prix. And so, but, but let's jump in now because I want to talk about the IndyCar event here in Austin. It is March 22nd, March 24th, and... The tickets went on sale at Coda's website, thecircuit.com or circuitoftheamericas.com, either one. And what I'm really fascinated by, well, let's let's talk about some of the ticket prices first. But the, the, there's some things that you are you can do there that you've never been able to do. 
But the ticket prices start for uh, general admission, uh, 85 bucks. So basically half of Formula One, if you think of it that way. Oh, man. Yeah, pretty cool, this right? Is, it's going to be a big, big turnout. I have no doubt. Yeah, I think... I Considered the history of Indy, obviously here in the United yeah. States, people that have... I mean, I followed it as a kid. I remember Dad pointing out who oh, were the sure. ones from Texas, you know? Yeah. Rutherford, Foyt, you know, it, it was cool. You know, it's it's going to be really fascinating to see what kind of crowd we get out there because, you know, at Formula One, where we get on race day between 110 and 130, let's say, year to year. Right. And on MotoGP, we, and, and 250,000 for a weekend for Formula One. MotoGP, I think it's what, about 80,000, uh, these are all off the top of my head, but about 80,000 on race day, give or take, and maybe 120 for the weekend. Uh, I would bet you this is falls somewhere in between. I mean, it's it's a. I think that's a good call. I think that's a good call. You know, I've already talked to people that are excited for it coming to Coda. You know, so many racing groups want to race here. It's an awesome facility by all means. Well, the prices. So we talked about um, the the these are early apex. They're calling it the general mission for eighty five bucks. So I think they're going to go up. Uh, if you purchase before January third, well, this is ten percent. So there'll be another ten bucks. Um, after January 3rd, and then premium grandstands from 119... Thank Christmas gift, people. <laughs> That's a good idea, Les. <laughs> There's a lot of people that, uh, if you're listening to this, you got somebody that uh, will buy you some tickets if you put that on your Christmas list. Okay, now you know wherever two people are sitting and, and they're significant others of each other, one of them just looked at the other and winked and nodded head. <laughs> Didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, so for 119 bucks, premium grandstand tickets, and um, and oh by the way, all of these include the Muse concert. It's just like they do for Formula One and others now, Sweet. and that's on Saturday. And so they've started. They all it looks like all the big concerts now are going to be on Saturday. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, a lot of these details are just coming out. But I think the concert is going to be in the amphitheater. But I don't know. Maybe they might make right. a judgment call there as is. they as they uh, sell tickets, because if they do get that big crowd, they might have to do like they do the do big the stage. super stage. Yeah. yeah, the super stage. Well, get this. So here's one of the things that I'm excited to see, and it may seem silly because it's not even the race. All of the camping that goes on at Indy Motor Speedway when we've been there for the 500 is, is spectacular. And you see it in the NASCAR world, but it's still yet a, a bit of a different audience here. And they're going to be camping, you know, not only out on the the big RV lot, they're opening up the second paddock, the secondary paddock for RVs. Yeah, and if you don't know where that is, so it's in the heart of everything. Yeah, it's right in the middle of the circuit. It's in, you know, inside the racetrack. So this is never, this is the part that's never been done before for a major event at Coda, where you can camp inside. And I think it's about three hundred bucks a day, or depending on how you consider it, because you get your slice and dice it. Yep. Yeah, your tickets get you in. I think at noon, starting at noon on Thursday, and then you can you have until noon on Monday to uh, to to have access to your spot. And those premium, well, actually, that's not the premium. That's called the town center camping. And what you get for that is a twenty by forty spot. In in the support paddock, which is inside, access to the in, infield campground. Yeah, from Thursday to Monday, you get a power connection, uh, water tank fill up, and one pump out with your RVs. Uh, shower passes are available, and you get access to the town center general store and stage. Ah, there's the answer there to my question. Is. Town center stage. So, and then you also get eight three day admission wristbands, 
and one vehicle parking pass. So all of that is fifteen hundred dollars. Excuse, yeah, fifteen hundred dollars. So yeah, know. but eight tickets. Yeah, there's exactly. eight hundred dollars in value right there. Yeah, sweet. That's actually that's that is the kind of pricing that you hope for an event like this because that's competitive with Indy and other circuits. I mean, I know we have the the greatest Grand Prix circuit in North America here, but that's a competitive price to just about any kind of racing. Now, I'll tell you one of the coolest setups I saw was an RV and then a crew lift. You know those crew lifts they have on construction sites? They're like scissor lifts. Oh, yeah. And they raise up about 10 people. They had that next to their RV, and they raised that up and watched the races from there. That is awesome. Except, I was like, some construction company really put it together good. I'm just thinking other people are going to get mad because they're blocking their view or whatever. But <laughs> Somebody out there is dialing in and making reservations now. Oh, so the uh, back to the turn, the premium grandstands, they start at 119 bucks, and those are for uh, the turn 15 lower, you know, the higher up you go. Oh, yeah. And But, uh, I mean, you can get turn one in the main grandstand, um, $159. Oh, man, that's great. Main grandstand club, uh, $179. So these tickets are are way affordable. I mean, th- those are the tickets that go for over $1,000 at Formula One, some of those. Well, you know, uh, here's another thing I'm excited about. I can't think of another course that IndyCar races on that has as an abrupt climb Hmm. as this now you know the corkscrew at laguna is goes down right. swiftly but the climb i'm excited to see that yeah and you remember when tony Kanan was here testing oh, we had yeah. him on the show had an interview and he was saying the same thing that i've forgotten that you know back when with the track first opened a lot of the formula one drivers said this but he, he said it's really intimidating because you start up the hill and you can't see the top you can't see where you're going. You can't see the ultimate, you know, you always look for your apex, right? <laughs> you can't see it. And uh, I'd forgotten that, but he was really excited about that. I think he said he took him a few laps to get to get used to that. But but man, this is this is so exciting to have this happening at Coda. Uh, and I'm just looking at some of the other tickets. There's all different levels of tickets. Oh, also different levels of camping. So not only you have you got the uh, the premium camping the RV spots that have been there forever. Those are the ones that are back on the the back straight between eleven and twelve, and but the there's also the town center we talked about. But there's also Geico Hilltop t- camping that's I guess sponsored by Geico out there between over on the east side along the S's. Yeah, exactly above along, them along uh, turns three, four, five right in there back in there. So Hilltop camping, and that that gets really affordable too. I think those get down pretty cheap. Those are down to uh, 190 bucks. So there's so nice. many options for this. I hate to sound like a commercial for Coda, but this is such a awesome event. And that, <laughs> yeah, that, that if we've you're got, into racing and you're in this part of Texas, how can you not be excited for this? Yeah, this this is going to be so cool. And to have Indy cars running around, uh, it's going to be amazing. All right, guys. Well, let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, I think we're going to jump into the Macau Grand Prix and talk about what happened over there. Uh, great. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really the world championship of F3 racing is what they call it. And if you want to call in and join the conversation, call 512-643-LIVE, 512-643-5483. Listen to Speed City Live in Austin. Back after these messages.
beer people, it's Christine Salas. And I'm Daytona. Salas Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Salas doesn't ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Salas White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Salas, Austin's original craft brewery. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in Dan Easy leathers, the best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin, online at motoaustin.com. Lone Star Rally Cross, a family-friendly time trial, loose surface racing series with affordable events, quality competition, and an emphasis on having fun. Co-founded by multi-time SCCA solo and Rally Cross national champion, Rally America class champion, and Pikes Peak Hill Climb winner Breanne Corn and her brother Kevin Corn. Race the same car you drive to work on Monday. Just 20 minutes from Circuit of the Americas at the state's only purpose-built Rally Cross facility. Online at LoneStarRallyCross.com. The Austin East KOA Campground. Just 15 minutes from Circuit of the Americas and downtown Austin, and just two minutes from the Travis County Expo Center and Central Texas Fishing in Decker Lake. Featuring amenities for every style of camping, from tent sites to luxury RV pull-throughs and cabins, plus a pool, showers, and laundry. Nestled in tall oak trees on the edge of the hill country, all the pleasures of the Lone Star State await you at Austin East KOA. To make your reservation, visit austineastkoa.com. Catch up on the latest headlines anytime at Talk1370.com. Because Dan Tickton is repeating history and repeating history for himself. Dan Tickton is going to come and take back to back victories at the Macau Grand Prix. Tickton does it for Great Britain here at Macau in style. He has absolutely dominated this race from start to finish. And I mean the weekend, not just the race. What a weekend. Hi guys, I'm Dan Tickton, winner of the 2018 Macau Grand Prix 65th edition, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. So we didn't have Jonathan Green live, but that, that just gives was, you chills hearing that. I know, man. Uh, Jonathan was down at Macau calling that race for his, I think it's his 20th year or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Macau, and then we're going to hear an interview Jonathan did with Daniel Tictum, and we'll talk a little bit about Daniel and his career. But the, the Macau Grand Prix is one of those off-season races that... Uh, we've had huge names come through over the years, and some of the players that have gone to Formula One, Lando Norris, and others of recent history. But it, it it's part of the weekend. You've got GT racing, you've got motorcycle racing, and the Formula Three Championship, kind of the the, the World Championship. That's what they call it because right. it's, it's not. Uh, I, you know, it is an FIA certified race, so I guess that's what it is. But it is really the best of the best in Formula 3 racing from around the world. I honestly and, don't know of any other race that combines all of those 
genres, if you will, motorcycles, cars, open wheel on the same weekend. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah, it really is. That's true. And if you if you don't know about Macau, the city, it's kind of it's in uh, it's in it's in uh, the Asian. It's like the Asian Vegas, but it's like Vegas on steroids. Apparently, I heard it is over five times the revenue annually as Las Vegas. <laughs> That's pretty crazy if you think about it. Because how much money goes through Vegas, and it's five times that? Well, I was talking to somebody else. Uh, it was related to the F1. You know, where else will F1 go? And they said, hey, Macau shuts down the streets. Why can't Vegas do that? And it was like, ah, good good point. You know, maybe it has something to do with that five times revenue and that it's actually the government behind that <laughs> they they put the race on themselves. It's not a private entity. So yeah. maybe that's part of it. Who knows? Yeah, that's just like a lot of Formula One races where the government is promoting the country and, or a city Singapore or whatever, but promoting it by having those races. But Macau goes so far back. And it also this year, by the way, you know, every year I get on Twitter and you search up either hashtag Macau Grand Prix or or just try to search it up anywhere and try to find the stream because their website's been just lame over the years. This year, it's way, way better. In fact, you can go and watch the entire replay of the race. You can hear Jonathan's call of the entire race. And uh, they've got all the qualifying, all the different kinds of racing, the GT racing, the motorcycle racing. You can catch it all on their website and get uh, and and get all of it and get it in full HD. I had it cast Chromecasting over to the the big nice. screen and all that. So you've got all those. All you have to do is just go to the go to the homepage, and I think there was there was a quick link somewhere. It just said videos or something. But uh, but yeah, it was awesome. And uh, and I tell you what, let's do. There's there's two two big stories. Obviously. Uh, the winner of the Formula Three was Dan Tictum, Daniel Tictum, and 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 the other big story was the incredible, crazy crash that happened there. Uh, that was really it was stunning to watch. It was Sophia Floresh, Floresh, and uh, we'll talk about that in a minute here. But let's let's go ahead and play this. We got about a three minute interview that Jonathan did uh, with the winner of the race, Daniel Tictum, and. Uh, you know what? Let me set it up a little bit because he's this. This is his second time to win this in a row, which is pretty unprecedented. But also going back a few years, I think it was 2015. He got banned. He had a full on. It was either a full season or even more than that for some activities he did during a red flag. I believe he passing like ten cars or something really crazy, something crazy dangerous, crazy silly. So. You know, he's young, and that was three years ago, but he's got that checkered pass. I wanted to set it up a little bit because he's obviously got his act together now because he's doing fantastic. So let's hear this interview that Jonathan Green did with Daniel Tictum uh, about 12 hours ago. Okay, Speed City fans, I am delighted to finally track down the winner of the Macau Grand Prix 2018 and also last year's winner as well. Back-to-back wins for Daniel Tictum of Great Britain. Um, last year was somewhat odd because you came around the corner to mayhem but still crossed the line and won this year there was no doubting I, 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 that was as close to a perfect weekend as I've seen how was it from your point of view I think the way I described the, the two wins I mean uh, last year was more surprising and this year was more satisfying um, they're both you know fabulous wins in their own right but I mean to win twice in a row and to win as dominantly like you said as I did this weekend is excellent you know uh, 
I don't think uh, I don't think anyone's been pole pole win win before. I, I don't need to check the history books. You know, I don't want to sound too cocky, but you know, I've just really tried so hard behind the scenes to work as hard as possible and get myself in in the perfect mental physical state for this race. Um, Talk to me about that because you said on the podium that what does it take to prepare for a race that you've already won but you also know what you're coming into? I think the biggest thing is uh, after a season of you know fairly fairly up and down I mean uh, with more ups I would say than downs you know finishing second in the European Championship is uh, still very positive. I think we've got a three or four week gap after that uh, before Macau and we had a big season review with all the people who have been helping me away from the track you know uh, I called a meeting with uh, Christian uh, Horner to try and get his feedback and see if there's anything particularly he wanted me to work on similar stuff to what everyone else is saying um, has to be said Uh, so for this race I've just really really tried hard to work on those key areas and come into the come into the race and whatever variables thrown at me you know the the term we all use in in the Ticktum camp is bulletproof so uh, yep. that's the way I've tried to be and that's the way I prepared myself this weekend and uh, you know I, I think I found my sweet spot so I mean I know how to uh, to perform like this I mean luckily I've also been given the equipment to be able to 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 complete such a great weekend you know because sometimes you don't always get the equipment but if I drive like that in every car maybe it's not good enough to win or whatever overall I will get to the top and, and win championships you know that's that's how it's been done before and you know that is the way it's been done for many many years so uh, yeah um, still things I can improve but um, yeah a, f- a bit of fabulous opportunity for the team to give me such a great great car and uh, thank you to them as well Dan Tickton two time winner of the Macau Grand Prix we will be watching on Speed City and follow your progress hopefully towards Formula 1 and wherever you may be Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, he's uh, jumps out that he's confident. I like that. I mean, you got to be confident if you're a race driver. I know that he can be a little cocky, it sounds like, but I'm glad he called himself out a little bit there too, uh, saying just that. But obviously, the kid's, kid's a good uh, good race driver, and uh, to win this two years in a row is pretty pretty amazing, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah I, mean, I don't know what, what the odds are of that, but it's got to be phenomenal. That course is so unforgiving. Uh, the slightest mistake on yeah. it will put you in a wall. We've seen that many times there. Last year, you know, Jonathan's, uh, whatever you want to call it, you know, audio and commentary that went viral <laughs> about uh, absolute mayhem of all of these cars wrecking was just amazing to see it happen, and it's it's just nuts to... Uh, to see how tight things are all the way through that from the time they start to the time they finish. Yeah. Even when they seemingly get spread out, they're still awfully close to each other. Oh yeah. And that, I mean, that course, you're right. It is. And that what you were talking about from last year is when the, um, when right at the beginning of the race, the GT cars, this wasn't right. the Formula three cars. It was GT cars is when they went around one of the bins and it was a slow speed corner and one of the cars crashed in front, and then the next guy hit him, and next guy hit him, and all of a sudden you look up, and it was like thirty cars stacked on top of each other. Right. It was really crazy, and uh, and Jonathan got to call that race when that was when his famous saying, "Oh no, mayhem!" I wish we had the clip, but that's all right. Actually, uh, my producer says he might have it, so we'll we'll see if we can get that played here in a second. But but yes. Yeah. Doesn't look as though there's major damage to Here the car, is. but we'll keep you informed as to whether... Oh, no! Oh, mayhem! And there's millions and millions... 
millions <laughs> and millions of dollars of damage here at the mighty Macau. And that is one of the worst GT accidents I've ever seen here. And in the place, the city, that is a gamble. The lottery has absolutely come to an end. Right at the front of here is the 911. <laughs> and you can see his frustration. Are those the stock car alarms on all those Aston Martins and, <laughs> yeah, and Ferraris? It sounds like it. <laughs> it but, uh, you know, that, that was a harrowing accident as itself. But, uh, you know, the, the one that happened this week was uh, amazing. 170 miles per hour through the traps. Yeah, let's talk about that. So that race got to this, this weekend, this morning, actually, um, got delayed for over an hour. I was watching it and... Uh, I didn't watch it live, so I was able to skip through it, but it was delayed for over an hour because Sophia Floresh was traveling at 171 miles an hour. Now, this was the speed trap figure right before the Lisboa braking area, you know, where she crashed, but she was traveling 276 kilometers an hour at 171 miles an hour and 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 went airborne. Uh, <laughs> and the, the, the audio, I mean, the video clip is just astounding. She... She hits the car and sends in front of her, sends her airborne, and she flies over the cars in front of her and hits the wall of what looked like a uh, a little track hospital, and it was just astounding. I mean, I've never seen the speed differential. That delta was so enormous because you had cars into the braking area that were slowing down to go what you know thirty miles an hour, forty, fifty miles an hour, and she flies over them like. But basically, she was a passenger. Yeah, she uh, apparently lost control of her car, had some contact with one of the other cars. But it was when it turned backwards that things went all astray. Now, remember, you know, the, the whole downforce idea is uh, pressing down on the car when you're going forward. Well, going backwards at that speed changes everything. Yeah. Suddenly takes her off the ground, and uh, she almost clears the catch finch. Man. Well, and and we're talking about this because she, you know I want to make sure we you know that she is she tweeted after the race, and she says uh, I'm going to read this specifically. She said, "Just wanted to let everybody know that I'm fine. We'll be going into surgery tomorrow morning, thanks to the FIA, the HWA team, and Mercedes AMG who are taking great care of me. Thanks to everybody for the supporting messages. Update soon." Now, apparently, she was diagnosed with a spinal fracture after that crash. Terrifying crash is, is the word that keeps oh, yeah. getting used, and I think that was, ex I mean, it's, uh, you never know with a, a spinal fracture, that could be something where she just has to heal up for six months or it could be worse, but uh, based on the fact that she's tweeting and they're with her, you know, motorsport.com says she, you know, she escaped without serious injury, so... If she walks away from that and just with that fracture and is able to, to you know get back get back in a car not too long, that's that's going to be astounding. So, all right, guys. Well, I want to jump into our segment with Sean Walker of Haggerty Insurance, one of our sponsors, and welcome to the studio, Sean. Hey guys, how are you? Pretty good, and uh, we're excited to have you. Want to? Uh, we talked about a topic before today's show, and. It's something us car guys and gearheads uh, look at in several different ways, but uh, I want to talk about autonomous vehicles. Yeah, autonomy is uh, upon us, apparently. That's what you'll you'll hear on the streets. People are talking about it a lot. I've, I know that in my line of work, I talk to a lot of folks about a lot of things, but um, as of late, it's been, 
Hey, what do you think about these like self-driving cars? I'm getting a lot of those questions. I know we all do as gearheads. We get that same. Yeah, I mean, um, nobody wants our hobby to die. Um, nobody wants to go uh, into an era where you can't go get into your car and drive. So um, we think it's going to be a good thing for the hobbyist overall. Um, just because in the city, first of all, it's not here. It's still. Right. It's still 10 years, five years, 10 years out. Who knows? I agree that it's, it's still a ways out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we know that the idea is to uh, decrease congestion in, um, you know, densely populated areas and, and safety as well. So we know that the cities will shut down traffic first and say, hey, at this border, you're going to have to park your car and get into an autonomous vehicle. But what that's going to mean for the car person is that there's going to be fun stuff to go do outside of the cities. Hmm. in your car. So even though they hmm. may stop making some of these sedans and things that would become collectible in the future, I think that's okay too because, um, you know, they don't make them like they used to. <laughs> you know, something that has occurred to me, I don't know if anybody's even talked about this. It's only a conversation I've had inside my own small brain. And that is, uh, you know, we have an aging population, right? Right. And one of the things, what what is that? Everybody talks about the conversation with granddad about taking his keys away. Mm-hmm. Well, with the safety additions that we have today, you know, that the braking things and the pedestrian uh, sensors and all these things that can stop your car, accident avoidance, I guess, is the, the category of all those. Think about how that affects that aging population. Maybe you don't have to take the car, the car keys away. And once they're either fully autonomous or close, which we kind of already have in some of the Teslas and others, uh, that, that conversation's a lot different. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the driver assist, the hands-on driver assist things that are out in a lot of the luxury vehicles out today are the precursor to complete autonomy. We know that Google and um, Uber and all these other companies are already test driving in in certain markets, Frisco, Texas being one of them. Um, You know, so yeah, it could be, hey, we turn on the driver assist when you get to a certain age, um, which is a great thing in my mind. Uh, You know, and on top of that, we're going to find a way to hack it. We're going to fa- have fun with it. You know, car guys, car people, we, you give it to us in one iteration and we're going to morph it into what we want to see anyway. Um, so we'll see a lot of cool innovation come out of it. But you know what? The hobby's not going to die. Uh, pre-war cars are still doing really well in the market. Um, we're seeing a lot of car condo companies building around town. Yeah. Um, we're seeing a lot of infrastructure kind of already getting started to be ready for autonomy when it really does come on in full force um, here in, you know, probably a decade or so. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating thing to watch. And I agree, the hobby's not going to go anywhere. Us gearheads are going to find plenty of ways to uh, to have our cars. Yeah, we're going to have fun. Okay, yeah. okay Mr. Insurance Man. Yeah. <laughs> your insurance hat now. <laughs> what if I don't get one of those cars? Is my old non-autonomous car going to cause me to have higher insurance rates? Rates. You know, we don't think so. I think the less you drive it, the better off you are. And especially if you're staying away from urban, uh, you know, uh, city centers, we're going to be, we're going to be super happy about it. Okay. Also, what well, you know, because, I can of, do that. Yeah, because of these changes, you're going to see the market go even higher up. Um, and the cars could go the way of the horse, you know, uh, folks still have horses, horses, even though we don't need them. So yeah, horse racing, Jonathan talked yeah, about that. Horse yeah. racing, yeah. The way the horse. but I don't think so. I think there's always going to be a bunch of cars out there to go by. Well, you guys at Haggerty Insurance can take care of all that. And that's my, one of my favorite things about 
insuring a car, a, a cool car, it's a, if it's a second car, it's amazingly affordable. Yeah. It's not expensive at all. I think that's that's affordable for anybody to have oh, a yeah. second car. For sure. You know, it, it, even my 20-something-year-old son who's got ex- expensive insurance because he's 20 mm-hmm. and cool cars, a second one is really not that much more money. So Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially for a guy like your son who's uh, starting off his driving career, uh, we're the only people that will even look at them. So yeah, for a collector true. vehicle. Yep. So. All right, guys. Well, uh, Sean uh, Walker with Haggerty Insurance, we appreciate it. Now we're going to jump right into the... MotoGP discussion, Les. Uh, season finale wrapped up. Marquez Oof. wins the championship, of course. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's, you know, a little bit of rain today, but um, well, what do you think about today and the kind of a season recap, too? Uh, you know, it was, it was ugly. It was ugly. But, uh, you know, Jorge took a tough tumble this weekend, high-sided the first turn in one of the races. It was, it was something else. But seasonally, I love it. It ended the way I want to see things. Honda first, Ducati second, Yamaha, and Suzuki, all in the top five. There was a one flavor of each, at least. And so I love that. Certainly, I wanted Ducati a little bit higher up, which means I wanted them first. <laughs> but the mix of brands was there. Nobody was absolutely dominant in those. In other words, it wasn't all Hondas in the first five spots. Yeah, It was a little bit of everybody. Yamaha got in twice with Vinales and Rossi. So... Uh, that's the way I, I like racing is, uh, you know, foster that combative spirit between brands. Yeah. And you know what? I think that really is one of the big stories of this year because it was good to see that. I mean, look, uh, Davicioso winning today for Ducati. Ducati, you know, it's just amazing to think about the size of that little company compared to Honda and Yamaha and Suzuki. Right. And, and having them be competitive. That is so cool and fun. And is indicative of the whole overall that you were talking about. I I agree. I agree. It you know I just love the mix of things for one because although you know the MotoGP bikes are a far cry from what we see in the showroom floors, there's still a lot of technology that makes it from MotoGP into here. The track control, the, the you know the lap timers that are now on the Panigale V4 and a few of the other Ducatis that you can pull lap times from them, compare them. It's real neat because some of the online forums, guys are swapping lap times from tracks to compare with each other and see where they're doing better. And you can overlay maps and things like that. We saw that with the CTSV team when they were here doing it. Hmm. It's really really cool how much technology, as you said, we just talked about the autonomous cars. It's really cool how much this technology that is race bred is coming to the street. You know, whether it's the analog brakes, the wheelies and, and data mapping. I love it. Yeah, and I love all that too because obviously it's, that is there's performance to the street, but also safety to the street. I mean, it's the same thing trickle down in cars too. Well, but you know, one example. So I took the new Ducati Diablo out. Hold your ears, Vito. <laughs> Wasn't getting on it hard, but what did happen that any of us could do is I ran through a patch of oil, and immediately that pack tire spun. The the analog brake, or not the analog brake, but the uh, traction control took right in. That could have very easily been a really ugly situation. And I felt it each time the oil spot on the tire came around. It would give that little kick, and I'd feel the bike do something and keep me up. And that was a Diablo. That was the Diablo. Yeah, I mean, check out those Diablo. If you think about the the horse, yeah. 
160 yeah. plus horsepower on the Diavel. Yeah, and and all there's there's a lot of bikes that have a lot of power, and with that kind of technology, it makes you feel a heck of a lot safer. It does. It absolutely does. And so, uh, you know, I, I joke about the technology. I joke about not liking the engine noise of a Tesla. But, uh, you know, honestly, there there's a lot of great things coming out of technology. Yeah, well, MotoGP wrapped up. Can't wait to see what happens next year. And obviously, Mr. Marquez yeah. just looked... Marquez? I mean, all year. I, I mean, this race, I know he crashed out early, but uh, for the year, he was just phenomenal. I mean, I, I love to see the competition, but it's also amazing to watch a guy like this. I mean, he is a legend in the making now. What is it, five championships yeah, in six years? It's, it's just insane. I mean, he is just... I mean, he's approaching... Dare I say the V word, Valentino? You know, I mean, he's got a long way to go. Valentino's got nine. But I want to see Rossi come in for ten. Yeah, I would love to see that. But Marquez, I mean, he's in the in his prime, and he's won five of six. I mean, oh yeah, there's yeah. just no telling where he can he's go. got a lot of miles left. Wrapping up the season, Marquez first with three twenty one, Andre Davizioso with two forty five. So. Not uh, not real close, but not way back there either. Valentino Rossi with 198. Five points behind him is his teammate Maverick Vinales. Alex Renz at 169. Johan Zarco with 158. Crutchlow crashing his way into 148. And uh, from there, we'll let you figure it out on MotoGP.com. There, yeah, there you go. Uh, Zarco's another one that's really young, exciting one to watch, but all right. I want to shift gears a little bit, and I want to talk about what happened. Out, we talked about the IndyCar coming to Coda, but this weekend we had the twenty-four hour series out at Coda, and there was a handful of people out there. I went out and hung out with those guys, and it was just awesome to have a paddock and racetrack full of cars again. They had the uh, cars and coffee today, oh, yeah. but I went out on Saturday and and uh, I caught up with uh, one of the guys from Ali Dorleman from uh, the 24-Hour Series. He's one of the spokespeople for it. And, you know, this is mostly uh, private racing, but they just opened up the paddock. It was free to get in. And I just saw a handful of, you know, it wasn't a huge crowd, but I saw people kind of hanging out. It was a great weather day. And, uh, but let's, I want to play a clip that we did with Ali. Just, it goes a kind of an overview of the series, what it's all about. So let's hear from Ali Dorleman with the 24-Hour Series. Well, our philosophy is uh, based on uh, gentleman driver focus. So um, what we basically say, we do it for the gentlemen. The pros, semi-pros, they're allowed to join, but they need to adapt to the whole atmosphere that we have in the paddock, that this is racing for fun with friends. And um, if you're lucky, you end up with a trophy in the end. You've got the prototype class as well. Uh, yes, the prototypes is something we just recently uh, started. So it's a project that we are growing at the moment. Our um, history rather comes from touring cars and GT machinery, but the prototypes, it's, it's something we are willing to grow in the future. Well, that's pretty exciting to have that level too, but, but obviously the heart of the program is the, is the street-based uh, automobiles. But, so talk about some of the cars and, and uh, some of the classes. Uh, our classes are very diverse. You can imagine anything from, from a uh, GT3 AMG car up until uh, a small cup uh, class for touring cars all running together in the same race. What is very important in this philosophy is uh, the respect the drivers have uh, to each other on the track and um, respecting one another 
it, it, it's just so crucial with these speed differences that we're having in our series. You have a lot of times uh, overtaking faster cars, overtaking slower cars. So, so it's 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 crucial to have have this uh, respect and um, the entire atmosphere amongst each other, which which we uh, managed to create over the last uh, decade. Ali, thank you for coming on the show. We appreciate it, and really exciting to have you guys here. Thank you very much. It has been a pleasure. I hope you're listening with some either some good headphones or a good subwoofer in your car because in the background you could hear those big V8s, the AM, uh, the uh, Mercedes AMG GTs, oh, yeah. and uh, uh, you could hear them rumbling in the background. But that's a pretty cool series, huh? Oh yeah, you know I love that series because it's so approachable, and you'll you'll just get out and get to really mix in with the drivers and the mechanics, all of that right there. It is a lot of fun, and they do it. After dark, too. I'm looking at one of those photos. Coda at night. Oh, it is just so awesome. When uh, World Endurance Championship came here and raced right. into the night. But yeah, the 24-hour series tweeted out some photos. I didn't stay into the night, but they. it's just so gorgeous. We need to have more night racing at Coda. Hey, I'm game for we it. We just need to have more racing at Coda. I'm game. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, but check it out. It's, uh, let's see, the 24hseries.com. Check them out. And uh, if you've got the resources, they've got the, the fun because they go all over the globe and do this. So, all right, we're going to go ahead and take another break. When we come back, we're going to have a Triple Crown winner. Triple Crown? Triple Cross. Triple Cross. Dang it, I got it wrong again. Triple Cross winner. We're going to have Brian Corn calling in some rally cross driving. So listen to Speed City live in Austin back after these messages. Lone Star Rallycross, a family-friendly, time-trial, loose-surface racing series with affordable events, quality competition, and an emphasis on having fun. Co-founded by multi-time SCCA solo and Rallycross national champion, Rally America class champion, and Pikes Peak Hill Climb winner Brianne Korn and her brother Kevin Korn. Race the same car you drive to work on Monday. Just 20 minutes from the Circuit of the Americas at the state's only purpose-built Rallycross facility. Online at LoneStarRallycross.com. The Austin East KOA Campground, just 15 minutes from Circuit of the Americas and downtown Austin, and just two minutes from the Travis County Expo Center and Central Texas Fishing in Decker Lake. Featuring amenities for every style of camping, from tent sites to luxury RV pull-throughs and cabins, plus a pool, showers, and laundry. Nestled in tall oak trees on the edge of the hill country, all the pleasures of the Lone Star State await you at Austin East KOA. To make your reservation, visit austineastkoa.com. Hey, beer people, it's Christine Sellis. And I'm Daytona. Sellis Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Sellis doesn't ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Sellis White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Sellis, Austin's original craft brewery. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in Dan Easy leathers, the best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from Envy Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at MotoAustin.com. 
Listen to Talk 1370 anytime, anywhere with the all-new Radio.com app. Check your phone's app store or visit Talk1370.com slash app. Hey, this is Clint Boyer, and you've been listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. NASCAR driver Clint Boyer. Yeah. Gotta like that. Hey, I want to thank everybody uh, that downloads our our show after we do the radio show. We always put it out on our website, Speed City Broadcast. But it also goes out to several podcast platforms, including iTunes and Stitcher, and I don't even know where else it is. It's it's RSS feed that goes to all over the the globe, maybe inter, maybe interstellar, I don't know. But uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. And if you like the show on iTunes, go out there and give us a thumbs up or, or a five star or whatever you get out on on uh, on iTunes. But uh, but hey, I want to talk about the event that's coming up. That we're doing a monthly event. You may have heard in the in the break, Sellers Brewery, and we have an event there at the fourth. That's right. The fourth Wednesday, It'll be the twenty eighth. Yes, the twenty eighth of this month. It's uh, t- it's a car show. And it's hanging out at the brewery and hanging out looking at cool cars. Yeah. And uh, I'll say it's not a car show in the way that people are going to be there judging. It, yeah, it's yeah. Come out, hang out. There's some. There's some uh, really cool cars there. Cool people. You know, uh, like like our next guest. But it it's cool because I'll say you're not going to show up and there's going to be forty of the same car sitting. No, there. I mean we've had everything out there. We've had Ferrari Dinos. We've had. Uh, R32, yep. G- Skyline GTRs. We've oh, had, you know, all the muscle cars. We've had uh, some oh, of the... Yeah, some of the uh, the Shelby Cobra was out there. Yeah. Uh, anyway. It goes on it. and on, and it's, it's... It's like that. And it's not a huge, giant event yet, anyway, but it's a really cool event, and you can come and hang out with us out there, come and hang out. You never know who's going to be there, by the way. It's some, yeah, yeah. We, we had uh, we had a couple of we've had at least one world champion. Kevin Schwantz showed up one time. Schwantz showed up. Well, wait a minute. Price Cobb came. Price out. Cobb. You know, we talked, yeah. Talking Porsche earlier. So yeah. yeah, I think Willie T. Ribs is going to try to make it one or once or twice. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. and and uh, uh, what's her name? Um, um, Brianne Corn. <laughs> uh, I've heard of her a few times. <laughs> Okay, if you haven't heard Brianne, for one, you just heard about Lone Star Rallycross in that last commercial break. Uh, this is awesome. Brianne has earned so many national titles, it's just crazy. She has won the Pikes Peak Hill Climb. She has won SCCA Solo Cross. She has won SCCA Rallycross. <laughs> She's done quite a few others, but recently she was just recognized for accomplishing what, what's, uh, what's really a premium recognition the Triple Cross of Rally Cross. Brianne Korn, welcome back to Speed City. Good to be back. Thanks for having me. Hey, hey congrats on the cross. Congrats. Yeah, it's amazing. Man, that That is so awesome. And, you know, we love it. You're just down the road here. But uh, why don't you explain to the audience a little more detail about what the Triple Cross is? Well, the, the Triple Cross is a special award SEC gives out to anyone who has uh, competed in and won in the same class a regional event, a national challenge, and the national championship in rallycross. Awesome! That's a so pretty much that. anybody that races has seen the taillights of Brian Corn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. We'll talk about some of those individual events. I guess that that's obviously an incredible accomplishment. Well, yeah. No, it was a uh, it was a pretty um, amazing year. I. I had the opportunity to to go out and race with uh, Peter Dozman in California, and he's like, you need to come by and check out the car I raced last year, and I I stopped over in Phoenix, and 
walk into his garage and look down. I said to myself, if I'm driving this car, I'm pretty sure I can win a national championship. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And uh, so he and I sat down and talked and we put a a deal together and I, I drove that car in all three of the national challenges. We, we went to Florida, we went to New York and we went and raced at Dirtfish in um, Washington state as well. And, Managed to, uh, despite having some trials and tribulations along the way, we uh, won all three races and uh, then came back to Iowa uh, and won the championship in the same car. So, you know, I was thinking about what you do. And if you ask, I know this has come up before Formula One drivers, IndyCar drivers, NASCAR drivers, you ask them what kind of racing they might want to try. Rally cross driving is always on their always list. Always in the mix. Yeah, always. In fact, typically pretty high up on the list because it looks like so much fun besides uh, besides being obviously competitive now. Yes, yes. No, it's um, it's kind of been building in the States. You know, this is something they've been doing since the 60s in Europe. Um, it's still kind of new to people around here and really new to, to the Texas people. The, the East Coast and West Coast have been playing for a little while, but... Um, yeah, it's building steam, and now we've taken on the wheel-to-wheel rallycross in the United States, which you are seeing now, ARX, and then combining again with the FIA World Rallycross, which is what I'm really hoping to uh, become involved with maybe next year. Hopefully, I'll get to run out of Coda with them next year. So, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we went out. We were out there. Jonathan was calling the races I sat in and helped him out a little bit. And, you know, they were down there, turn 15, where they've added, where you go from asphalt to dirt and over the jumps. And, uh, yeah, it was, that was a really cool addition to racing at Coda. I was going to say, Brian, didn't you get a test drive there? Yeah, the, after the, uh, the last FIA race, uh, rallycross race, Dirtfish invited me out and let me do some testing in one of their cars. So I'm hoping I might put together a program for next year and we'll see what happens. Awesome. But oh, I'll my. tell you what, those cars and that jump, that's, it's so much fun. I, <laughs> I wish we had a local series running out there when uh, when no one else was there. That would be a lot of fun. Ah, novel idea. I think they've already heard that song from me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it, absolutely. But, you know, in the meantime, we got to talk a little bit about Lone Star Rally Cross. Tell us about your place and uh, and how folks can get involved in it. Well, we um, we started building a track out here probably about seven years ago, and it's we've been, been running long. for about five years um, with Lone Star Rallycross. My my brother manages the series, and I help with the track, and we kind of have a whole family thing. Mom and Dad come out and help put on the event, and um, we even have rental cars if you don't want to break your own car, which you probably want, but most <laughs> people are concerned. They're like, ah, it looks kind of crazy. And once they go out and try one of my cars, they usually come back with their own the next time. And um, But it's real easy. It's real easy to get into. It's probably one of the the lowest barrier to entry motorsports that you can find in, um, anywhere. Uh, $50 entry fee. Most of the people race a the car they drive to work on Monday. Um, I think you may have heard that before. There's a testament. <laughs> and um, But there are a few people, it's, starting to pick up speed and people are starting to make long-term plans about what they're going to be racing and uh, more and more developed cars are showing up every year. Cars are just a little more developed and the mod classes are starting to get, 
tighter and 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 harder um, harder competition, I guess you could say. Well, I love um, it. I love it that we've got. I mean, in in Austin now. I mean, think about in the Austin area. Think about any kind of cool racing, driving, whatever. And this is just another aspect of that. It's really cool, Brian. That's amazing. Oh, I love it. I love it. And, you know, it couldn't happen to a, a cooler person. I, we've known Brian quite a while. She rode motorcycle in the Pikes Peak Hill Climb. She did the car before it was 100% paved. She's, you're like, I don't know what, female ninja warrior motocross, you know, <laughs> motorsport <laughs> girl here. Well, I, I have a passion for the sport and any opportunity I have to get behind the wheel or grab a hold of a set of handlebars, I, I take it. Fantastic. Folks, be sure and check out LoneStarRallyCross.com to uh, check out Brianne's area and uh, come down and participate. Watch it. It's a really cool event. And, uh, you know, let's help get Brianne into the big leagues next year. If y'all have an interest uh, in sponsoring or being part of that, feel free to reach out to Speed City and uh, we'll make sure and get you connected with Brianne. Brianne, congrats again and thanks for coming back to Speed City and telling us all the good news. And uh, we'll see you after the holidays. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. You thanks, Brian. See you later. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Hometown girl gone big. Yeah, it's true. All right. Well, I want to talk a little bit about well, Formula One. You know, if you've been listening to Speed City, you know we do a pre- and post-race show nationally. So you got to go to our website, check it out, speedcitybroadcast.com. And you can hear, you can find out where to listen to our pre and post show for every Formula One race. And we're going to continue to do that next year. Really excited about that, fired up about that. And, um, and I just want to talk a little Formula One stories. You know, we didn't, we haven't really talked about it locally lately. Is that, you know, the Haas team signed up a huge name anyway. Uh, Pietro Fittipaldi will help the Formula One, the Haas Formula One team. Uh, next year. So he's a 2017 Formula V8 3.5 champion. And and it's really interesting. I was just reading an article that I want to talk about. It's where they, they're looking at this kind of as a way to address uh, a weakness, they would call it with its simulator use. And they reckon the team's race driver uh, they have with Roman Grosjean, you know, obviously there's, there's, there's so much simulator use in the, uh, in in motorsports in general, but particularly in Formula One. And here's a quote from Roman Grosjean. It says, we need some help in the team, especially on the simulator side, says Grosjean. It says, it'd be good to have him. He will have a taste of the car in Abu Dhabi, obviously the last race season here, and he can jump in the simulator and work on the correlation when we get it. And so <clears throat> he says, uh, we're, still at, we're still working on plans and making sure we get better at it, at simulations. The correlation is the trickiest part to get at and the one you need to get right away before you do any setup work. He said, it's been okay. We didn't be able to work with it, but with race drivers, it's hard to go between races. Uh, it was real, it's, it's pretty exciting to have a, a driver like, you know, that with his success, with his name, associated with the Haas team, and, uh, and they, they decided when they, when they signed him up, that it, and I mean, here's a quote from Gunther Steiner. We talked again, decided to use him for next year for testing and simulator development because they need to get better. And says, because... Um, we are young, as in a young Formula One team. It's You bet. Yeah, obviously. It says we need to find areas to improve. That's why next year we decided to have a program where our simulator program is as good as possible. So on Friday, we can test setups and aero developments 
and put them in first with Pietro on the simulator and just get better. That's a cool story. And just dude, if you just search up Hasif one Pietro Fittipaldi, you'll find that story. But I do want to say, preface a little bit about what we're going to talk about on our Formula One show next week. We got the season finale. But I've been studying up on the 2019 rules and how they are and how they came to be and how they are really kind of a, a mini step towards the 2021 rules. So if you have Alrighty. any, it's, a lot of that has to do with uh, computational fluid dynamics, as they say, but arrow, in other words. Thanks, so, Mr. Know-it-all. So check us out on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. Thanks for tuning in tonight, and we will talk to you next week. Ciao, y'all. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.